This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. And I believe honor must be taught again within our church, within our homes, but not only taught, I believe it must be expressed. Unlike any other time in in our lives, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. And go with me once you get it to Isaiah 29. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real high. This is, this is uh, very dear to me to speak on this. Once again, you know, growing up, you may have been taught that people you come in contact with, you address them as, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, sir. But times I think we've had people think, well, that's old school. That's not old school, okay? That's, that's the Bible. And, and God places high demand on honor. So I want us to see this today, and I just believe the spirit of honor is going to jump on every one of us, and we'll let the Word of God help us here. I'm going to go with Isaiah 29, and then we'll jump to Malachi 1. Isaiah 29, verse 13. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near me with their mouths, and they honor me with their lips, but they've removed their hearts far from me, And their fear or reverence or worship toward me is taught by the commandment or the rules of men. And so what he's telling us here that it's one thing to honor him with our lips, but it's another thing to honor with our heart. And I believe at times that's what we've we've lost, things from our heart. Now go to your right there, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1, and as you're turning there, the word honor itself, it means to value, it means to respect, to highly esteem, to view as precious or valuable. And we're going to get another glimpse of what Father God thinks about it. Malachi 1 verse 6, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the Father, if then I am your Father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts? And so it gives you an idea right here that honor is a big deal to God. Not that we just honor Him, but if we ever catch a hold of the things that God says to honor, and we walk that out, you're going to find throughout the day, that there is a blessing that's attached when we honor who God says to honor. Now go with me one more place here real quick to to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, and I want to show you here even what the lack of honor did in Jesus' own life, the Son of God. Matthew 6, I'm going to start reading here in verse number 1. Then Jesus went out from there, and he came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. Now, just to help you get where we're at right now, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth. So Nazareth was his hometown. So in this passage here, Jesus goes back to his hometown. And before Jesus goes back to his hometown, Jesus had been all over the region. And you know what he did? He was teaching, preaching. He healed the sick. He healed the lame. He healed the blind. He did miracles. He fed the 5,000. That's what Jesus did, and I believe as he goes into uh, Nazareth here, this is his desire again. He wants to do the same thing. 
So we pick up in verse 2. And when the Sabbath had come, Jesus began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And with what wisdom is this which is given to him? And such mighty works are performed by his hands. Now, this is what I call the wow effects. That when Jesus moved in places, there was a wow that people would just look and say, that's a miracle. That's a healing. He did this and this and this and this. Keep reading. Verse 3. But is, it, but is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And so what gets the people, they're perplexed because they knew about the life of Jesus. So when you read this, you know what they're saying in essence here is, we went to school with him. We went to his birthday party. I graduated high school with him. I knew him, and so they were ultimately saying, who do you think you are? And look how it ends in verse 3, and they were offended at him. And so when we read they were offended at him, Anytime I take up offense, guys, that's like unforgiveness begins to swelter in their hearts. And so Jesus tries to explain some of this to us in verse 4. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. And so he's telling him here, I'm honored everywhere I go, but here. And so we can break down the word honor and the word dishonor. The word honor means to esteem. The word dis, uh, dishonor means to devalue. Honor means to build up. Dishonor means to tear down. And so Jesus has given them a glimpse of some of the stuff that happens here. And we read this, people tend to live up to or down to the expects, expectations we have for them. The expectations we have for them. Now, I believe in this passage here, Jesus is saying, listen, guys, even though people reject me, it's not going to cause me to stop doing the things that God's called me to do. And that's the same for me and you. So pick up in the same chapter, verse number 5. Now, he could do no mighty work there. I've read that for years and years of my life. And every time I read it to this day, it still literally reaches out and grabs me. Now, he could do no mighty work there. And we're talking about the Son of God. And if you note, it said he could do no mighty work. He could not do no mighty work there. It didn't say he wouldn't do any mighty work there. It said that he couldn't. So this tells me, the reason he couldn't is because he was limited by something. So keep reading. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and he healed them. And Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. So when you break this down, you look at the, the ingredients here that caused Jesus not to be able to fulfill some things. They were offended. They dishonored him. And ultimately, it caused them to have a lack of faith. And so when you study this right here, these people's rejection of Jesus 
didn't allow him to do the things he was called to do for them. In other words, there were some things that Jesus wanted to do for them, whether that was save them, whether that was to heal them, but because their dishonor, he couldn't do those things. So here's a point I want to make to get on the inside of us today, is any time that I honor what God says to honor, there's always a reward that goes with it. But when I dishonor what God says to honor, I lose the reward. So the point is today is maybe in your life you've dishonored and it's knocked you off of track in life. And today we want to put honor back in us where it gets us back on. Now let's look a little bit farther about what the B-I-B-L-E has to say about honor. Go back into the Old Testament to to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. You'll hit Isaiah and then Jeremiah and then Ezekiel and Daniel. Daniel Daniel chapter 3, not 9, Daniel 3. If you'll note, any time with Jesus, he never forces us to do anything. He won't force you to get saved. He won't force you to honor him. So every bit of this, even today, becomes a choice that I've I got to get God's heart in this. i got to let honor saturate my heart. Okay, so we're here in Daniel chapter 3. There's a king named Nebuchadnezzar. He was the king of a group of people called the Chaldeans. He had some Hebrew boys or Jewish boys that he hired and he promoted them. He loved them. But the, the Chaldeans got jealous of them and they want to set them up. So they build this image out of gold, and this is where we pick up. Daniel chapter 3, verse number 8. Therefore at that time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews, and they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone hears the sounds of all these instruments. They shall fall down and worship the gold image. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the commandment to bring out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of this horn and all the musical instruments to fall down and worship, it will be good for you. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from their hands? So we stop right here. There's a problem with what the king's wanting them to do. And the problem is this, he wants them to sin. The only time I can find in the Bible where we're not to obey people in authority is when they ask us to sin. What's the sin right here? They were asked to break the second command, thou shalt have no other gods before us. So in a roundabout way, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego say, We're going to honor you, Father God. Above anything else, we're going to honor you. Now remember, that's the only time in your life that I'm not supposed to obey authority. is when it comes to sin. Verse number 16. 
So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the cause, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So here they make a statement, guys. You know what the statement is? It doesn't matter. If we get thrown in the fire, it's okay. We're not going to dishonor God in any way. But one thing I want you to catch here, even though they choose not to obey the king in this area, they still honored him. Twice there, they addressed him as king. Note they didn't ridicule him. They didn't mock him. They didn't taunt him. They didn't say, do you know who we are, stupid? They didn't do any of that. And so what happens here is the king gets his valiant men and they escort them to this burning, fiery furnace. Now, when they get ready to throw them in, the very guys he he sends to throw them in, they get torched. They die. But they throw the three Hebrew boys in there. After a period of time, this king looks in there and says, Hey, I thought we just threw three in there. I see four in there. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Now, it always amazes me. How did he know what the Son of God looked like? Evidently, something got his attention in that fire. So, through the paraphrased edition there, move to verse 26 here. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. And he spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. What a name. Come out and come here. Then Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego came after the, from the midst of the fire. And the say traps, the administrators, the governors, the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed. Their garments weren't affected. And the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of the three Hebrew boys shall be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap because there is no other god who can deliver us like this. So once again, When I honor what God says to honor, I want you to look in verse 30 at what happens here. Then the king promoted. He promoted the three. In some translations, it says he rewarded them. He blessed them. So you see right here, even in this situation, that he honored God. And he honored the king, and because of it, he was blessed. They were promoted. And as you see here, it's as if God said, you know what, I'll take care of you. If we will just get back to honoring what God says. So we see real quick here, it's very important that we honor God, we honor the Lord Jesus, we honor the kings. But let's go to Second Peter, 
or First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. And I want you to see what else the Bible says to honor. Now, as you're turning to First Peter two, just like in this case with these three Hebrew boys, every one of us have what we call life-defining moments. Those don't happen often in your life. You, you probably have at least five in your life that are major life-defining moments. And in this situation, because they chose to honor, they were promoted. But when I'm in a life-defining moment and I choose to dishonor, I literally get detoured in life. And some areas you're going to see biblically where I can dishonor is to God, to the Lord Jesus, to people in authority, to your bosses, to your parents. So I want you to see biblically right here today. So we look here in 1 Peter 2, verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. Therefore... Submit yourselves, and I want to underline that. It didn't say, therefore, tell your sister to submit. It didn't say, tell your co-worker to submit. It said, therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance or institution of man. Hmm. For the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, so when it says, to the Lord's sake, it's as if he's saying, the, the, the Lord has signed on this and said, this is what I want you to do. And when it says, the Lord's sake, I really believe even more detail there is when people get born again, we are supposed to live a little differently. And part of that is to put honor. So we keep reading here, and he says, or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. To the king, to the governors, and to those who are sent by the governors to punish those who do evil. Now, you know who he's talking about there? Law enforcement, judges. And understand this, that those guys are put into authority to stop people that do evil. Now, the only time in my life that I've ever been against the police is when I'm breaking the law. Here's a big revelation for you. You don't have to fear the police if you don't break the law. If you break the law... They're signed off right here by Father God. In other words, even though it's an ordinance of man, God said, I put my thumbprint upon it. Thank you for all those amens. Verse 15. Listen to this. For this is the will of God. This isn't the will of pastor, okay? Get that out of your head. For this is the will of God that being do, by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, yet not abusing your liberty or freedom, as a cloak or a vice for wickedness, but as a bondservant of God. So look what he jumps in here to next, verse 17. Honor all people. Now I don't think we can get away from the word all there. 
I think all literally means all. So let's just stop here and let's think just for a minute how our Sunday began and how our Sunday will end. When you get up, the very people that are in your household, did you honor them today? And then we're on our way to church. And the lady who cut you off, did you honor her? And after church here, let's just suppose you're going to go out and eat. So you're going to have a hostess. You're going to have a waitress. You're going to have a cashier. But the Lord said, we're to honor every person. Do you know what I really begin to get in this? The Lord said, listen, guys, I want to marinate you in honor. Where you look like honor, you smell like honor, and you give honor. Because people are precious. Precious enough that Jesus died for everyone. Woo, that hurt. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God and honor the king. Verse 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters, to your bosses, with all fear. Now listen to this. Not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the harsh. It's pretty easy to honor people that are good and gentle to you. I don't believe most of us have a problem with that. I mean, actually, we probably gravitate toward people that are gentle and good to us. The issue is there is he tells me I'm to submit to those that are harsh. Now, I looked at a bunch of different translations. Listen to the different words that described harsh. Crooked, perverse, wicked, cruel, unreasonable. Do any of you have people, bosses, that that describes them? Now note here, he didn't say you're exempt from them. He said you still got to respect them and honor them. And if you don't, guess what? You lose the opportunity for the reward. And many times we have this thought, I don't know why I never get promoted. I don't know why I never get a raise. Could it be because you don't respect them? Well, they're mean to me. Oh, whoa. He dealt with that. And just like you, I'm not real fond of that. But I understand there's something that happens when I obey the Bible here. Verse 19. For this is commendable to who? If because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, and suffering wrongfully. So you know what this tells me? God's looking over heaven right now. And when you've been done wrong, you've been mistreated, you know what he's doing? He's elbowing Jesus and says, Whoo, they're in a big test today. What are they going to do? Are they going to honor and respect and do what I ask them? Or are they going to do what their flesh asks them to do? Now this is big for every one of us. Because as long as you're on this earth, you're going to be under authority in one way or another. He's telling me, I've got to learn to respect. For 18 years, I worked at a utility company. The first 12 years, I got promoted on three different times. And the CEO, the boss that hired me, is the one who, who promoted me in every one of those situations. 
12 years in, one day I'm working, and one of the guys radios me and says, I need to talk with you. And so I told him where I was, so he comes over there. But he wasn't there for work-related stuff. You know what he was there for? He was having huge marital problems. He said, listen, I'm on the verge of divorce. He said, I got three kids. I'm about to lose everything I got. So I begin to walk him through some things. I go to leave that night at 5 o'clock, and, and the CEO secretary said, he wants to see you in his office. So I walk in. And he looks at me and he says, were you at this place from such and such time to such and such time? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, well, I'm going to tell you right now. He said, I'm going to give you three weeks off without pay for that. Fifteen working days. Three-fourths of a month. And I'm thinking, crap horrific, this isn't good. So right there, I have the opportunity to honor this man and just keep my mouth shut. Or you know what I can do? I can blame the other guy. I can give him a million excuses. Or I can even say, well, Billy Bob does this all the time, and Sally does this all the time, but I sense the Lord saying, just keep your mouth shut. And you know what? The Lord spoke to my heart, and I didn't want to hear it, but he said, you stole time. You stole time. You weren't hired to counsel. You stole time. So I walked out, and I remember that night, right after I got home, the phone started ringing, and guys I worked with, they heard what had took place, and they were yakking, and, and I said, listen, guys, until I sit behind his desk, I don't understand the, uh, the, the choices he makes, but I must respect it. And I knew right there, I was in a huge test. So for the next three weeks, the Lord blessed me. I made more money being off than I did on. I knew it was a test. So the big test was the day I went back to work. And you know, it was really awkward. You've been off for all those weeks, and you walk in, and you're thinking, man, how am they going to treat me? And da -da. I walk in early, and the first person I see is the CEO. And I can see this very clear. I walked up to him, shook his hand, and I said to him, I'm really glad to be back to work. And he said to me, I'm glad you're back. Fast forward 15 years later. I'm now pastoring here in Lubbock. I get a call on a Sunday night, and it's, it's this guy's wife. And she said to me, he passed away last night. And she said he knew he was dying for several months. And his request on his, on his deathbed was, he didn't want anyone to officiate his, his funeral service. But me. You know what that was? God honored me. God rewarded me. And you know why I knew? I back up 15 years before, and it's because that guy understood something. Now, I'm not telling you I'm a superhero, okay? Man, I've dishonored coaches. I've dishonored teachers. Man, I've done stuff that caused a lot of problems in my life. But something begins to happen when we honor. Now look over in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And if you ever want to read a great chapter on honor, it's the whole book of Ephesians. Ephesians 5 is about marriage. What would happen in the marriage covenant if both gave honor? 
both esteemed, both gave value, both viewed as precious. I can tell you what would happen. Your marriage is going to be a 10. It's going to be incredible. And some of you would say, that's not physically possible. I believe it is. I believe it can happen. But we're not talking about marriage right here. That's just another one. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This one's always popular. In the Lord. In the Lord. So he's telling me a couple things here. One, do it as unto the Lord, or once I've gotten born again, this literally, I believe, becomes a command to obey your parents. Now, obedience is in my actions, okay? The way I obey them. Now, if you ever read the Bible here, you'll find out that this doesn't end when you become 18 and you can vote. This is for life. This is as long as my parents are alive, I obey them and honor them. Now, the obedience with me now is a little different, but I still must honor them. Verse 2. Honor your father and mother... Honor your father and mother. What's honor? Honor's in my attitude. Honor's a condition of my heart. Honor your father and mother. Now, I, I do know this, that in our society, there's many of you out there sitting right now that you say, there's no way I'm going to honor my mom. I'm not going to honor my dad. My mom is sorry and my dad's sorry. This is very similar to forgiveness, I believe. When you forgive someone that has wronged you, and when you have to honor someone that's wronged you, listen real close, it's not for their good, it's for my good. It does something in my heart, okay? And think about last week when we talked about unforgiveness. When I forgive those ones that have wrongfully treated me, it's as if I'm getting that poison out of me. It's the same with honor. Stay, stay right there. Let me read this to you. This is a Proverbs that, that's, that I stumbled across last week. I love to break down the Proverbs. This is Proverbs chapter 30, verse 11. Now listen real close. There is a generation that curses its fathers and does not bless its mother. That's the starting point. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes yet is not washed from its filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation who te whose teeth are like swords, and, and whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among them. So the first part it talks about dishonoring your mother and father. The next three have to do with pride, arrogance, and rebellion. Now listen what comes out of this. There's a fourfold description right here of arrogance and pride that starts taking place, but you know where it begins with? You know where it's birthed with? At? When I dishonor my mother and father. Usually you know where that occurs? In your teenage years. It's amazing when people turn 18, they have all the answers to the world's problems. 
They know everything, but they know nothing. See, I've got to get a hold of this here. Now, what I want you to look at in verse 2 is the end here. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. Which is the first commandment with reward. Which is the first commandment with blessing. And what is that? Look what he goes on to say. That it may be well with you. I don't know about you, that that's really attractive to me. I want life to be well with me throughout my life. I want my life to be well in my marriage. I want my life to be well in my job, my relation, every area. But did you see the key to that? And then the, the, the second part of that is that you'll have long life on this earth. That's pretty attractive to me now too. I kind of like that thought. But understand, he gives me some ingredients here that he said, if you don't obey and you don't honor, then guess what i got to do now? i got to jump to the negative. i got to jump to the curse side. See, a lot of times we always want to talk about the blessing, but let me brief you here a little bit about the curse side. If you dishonor, you can, but your life isn't going to be well with you. I can define your life. It's spelled P-A-I-N, pain. Sorry. Sorry, I had to break that news for you. Have you ever experienced pain? I've experienced pain because I dishonored. I don't want to go that way. Now look what he goes on to say in verse 4. Apostle Paul talking, he said, You fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. Don't provoke them to anger. But bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. So what happens right here if I have a father that did stuff to me out of anger. And you don't have to show your hands because I know there's some of you in here that way. You know what this verse is telling me? God's saying, listen, you do your part and I'll deal with him. I'll deal with that father. The problem is a lot of times, you know what we want to do? We want to deal with them. And paybacks are tough. See, some of you filled in the blank before I finish speaking. Keep reading, verse, verse 5. Bond servants or servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, your bosses, according to the flesh, according to the physical. Be obedient. So that's to tell me who you work for. You might as well get this. I'm going to have to learn to submit. I'm going to have to learn to be obedient. With fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ. As to Christ, do it as unto the Lord. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. From, see, it's a condition of my heart. Verse 7. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Now this may help you. A lot of times, yeah, we're working for that man, but he tells me right here, do it as to the Lord. So once again, I, I can sit here and I can see Greg's face and just put your boss's face on someone, but instead, you, you all have an imagination of what Jesus looks like. Instead of looking at your boss, start seeing Jesus. And every time you want to talk back, look, oh, no, that's Jesus, I can't do that. And every time you, oh, that's Jesus, I can't do that. And he'll begin to help you, and this is what he's trying to get to us. And he ends in verse 8, knowing that whatever good anyone does, 
he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he's a slave or free. Do you know what this tells me? God's going to reward me. Whatever I do to them, God's going to reward me. That can be positive or that can be negative. And he says, as a slave or as a servant. And you know what a slave does? He only does what, what he's ordered to do. A servant looks for every opportunity. A slave, he does the minimum. A servant does the maximum. And it's interesting that he says not as men, not as men pleasers. Not with just eye surface. I got one more passage I want you to see. Go way back there to the back to Psalms. To Psalm 19. Psalm 19, I'm going to end with this. So what are we learning here? Well, honor's a big deal. To God, to Jesus, toward other people, toward your spouse, toward your parents. You kind of get the idea, we might as well just learn to put on honor. Because there's blessings with it. Psalm 19 Verse 7, the law or the word of the Lord is perfect. The word of God is perfect. Converting or restoring the soul. The word of God will restore me if I'll get a hold of it. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So the word of God is perfect in its accuracy, but also the word of God is sure in its dependability. You can bank on the Word, okay? The Word's not going to change. Verse 8. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And the judgments of the Lord are righteous altogether. The commandments and the Word are more to be desired than they than gold. Yea, than much gold. And the word of God should be sweeter than the honey in the honeycomb. So he's telling me right here, I'm going to tell you, the word of God is the ticket. Above riches, above food, above pleasure. Now here's where we're going, verse 11, check this out. Moreover, by them, the word of God and the commandment, your servant is warned. You know what we're warned about? i got to get a hold of the word. And in keeping or observing them, the word, there is great reward. So what's that got to do with all this? I want you to think just a second here about this. What in your life have you missed out on? Because you didn't honor what God said to honor in the word. I believe there's rewards, there's blessings, there's favor. But because we choose to dishonor, we've been detoured off the things of God. And this is what I really sense. God's saying, that's not my will. My will is you be blessed. You be rewarded. But guess what? God doesn't put this Holy Ghost paddle in our hand and we say, we're going to bust your rear today and you're going to line up. No, it's a heart issue. It's a, honor is a heart issue. And I don't know about you, but man, I, I need a heart transplant at times. 
And this is it right now. Father God, fill me with honor. Fill me with honor. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.